Welcome everybody from around the world. Hello everyone. Welcome to Commentaries from the Edge. This is Karen Goldberg and here's what's coming up. I'm honored and delighted to welcome Omar Ritchie. Mr. Ritchie is a spokesperson for the Islamic Center of Southern California here in Los Angeles. And he is a proud father of four daughters. He is a reserve police officer in the Los Angeles Police Department. And his profession is a management consultant. Mr. Ritchie became a spokesperson for this center uh, as appointed by the board of directors of the Islamic Center of Southern California. And today we're gonna talk about the center and we're gonna talk about being Muslim, especially in America. So thank you, Richie. Thank you, Omar Richie, so much for being here today and taking the time to be with us. It's much appreciated. My pleasure indeed, and thank you for inviting me. So I think we'll start with, you know, looking over 20 years ago mm-hmm. when uh, the trauma of the 9 New York City ended up causing a tremendous negative reaction toward Muslims in America. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, if you have any thoughts about ways in which that perception has changed in the American societies since those uh, over 20 years now ago. And do you see still challenges for the Muslim community in America? Yeah. So first of all, again, thank you, Karen, for having me on the podcast. It's a, it's a great honor. And your first question is a very important one. Um, yeah. You know, 9-11 for anybody who was, you know, had memories of that day, they will not forget where they were the, the moment they found out. And um, it was, it was, it was a horrific event in human history, to be honest with you. And, for us as Muslims from that time and sort of on that day and then the, you know, years, months and years after, we viewed that event as a double tragedy. It was a tragedy first for our country and for um, the, the, the pain inflicted upon us, the terrorism inflicted upon us as a country. And what is a secondary tragedy of uh, a, 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 the pain inflicted upon our faith, if you will, it was it was it was the maligning and the desecration of our faith um, by so-called people who claim to be part of the faith. And um, so, for Muslims, it was a double whammy, if you will, mm-hmm. as Americans and as Muslims. And um, I can, you know, again remember the day very distinctly in the week, to be honest with you, after very distinctly because it was it was a it was a period of scrambling it was a period where we didn't know what was going to happen i mean in 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 certain quarters in many quarters of the muslim community at that time it was felt okay here it comes like the japanese in world war ii yes we're we're going to get interned we're we're going to we're going to sort of be rounded up and there was a very distinct fear and there were women who you know who wear the headscarf who um 
made the utterly profound choice to take it off because to take it off is a very you know for, the, for you know for a woman it would be a very serious decision um, yeah. but out, out of safety out of concern for their families they decided and out of not wanting to be attacked they they made the choice and and i think that was a very allowable choice from our faith perspective so at the time that this was all occurring it was you know and, and again in the days and the weeks afterwards there was there was a great fear from many in many ways were we going to get attacked at our mosques was our government going to sort of turn in on us uh how was the community going to react and i have to say on the balance of things our nation shined our country shined our community shined uh, the local southern california southern california community in this case with a great sense of compassion understanding and love towards our community uh just as much as there was a determination to fight back against what had attacked us so there was you know from the political leadership and i have to say at the time you know george w bush who was president at the time you know yes he, he um you know he made it clear by standing in a mosque there in washington dc and he said you know effectively you know this is not this is not representative of islam and let's, let us as americans call to our higher angels if you will and, and not and not turn on our fellow americans type of thing so that said that was an important tone that was set but i think it was also the interfaith community and the other sort of civic communities in, in um around the nation that really realized you know they can't be friends of ours one day and then all of a sudden enemies of ours the next because of something that happened by some unknown group of people or whatever so um so i think the nation really shined but having said that of course there was a you know uh, there there very much was in and maybe to a lesser extent now to get to your question about what's transpired over the past 20 years um a a a, a virus that that is that that emerged of people who hate Muslims, just like there are people who hate Jews or people who hate other communities or what have you, this this became now, you know, for them um, uh, a reason to to hate. And, you know, it was also coupled with really a ignorance, a false information about the faith, false information about our community where they felt justified in hating. Um, and uh, you know they they that became now a new um, cause celeb, if you will, for the haters, which is to to, to denigrate the Muslims in the uh, community and Islam. Um, and and in and, and at first, you you used to hear this phrase, uh, "Why haven't you condemned terrorism?" That's what that's one of the things that you would for people who were sort of in the propaganda quarters, they would they would sometimes pose this question you hear it on the tv by these these talking heads on tv why haven't you condemned terrorism why haven't you condemned whatever and which was a which was a false narrative because there were so many muslims in, in uh, nationally and internationally that condemned it it you know it just was never broadcast so over the course of the past 20 you know 21 years now 21 and a half years or what what have you is 20 years it's it's a um it's it's been a journey and i will say now though we are for us as a community as a muslim community we are in a far better place you know as as terrible as 9 11 was it it 
it, it gave Americans of who are not Muslim, you know, the majority of Americans that are not Muslim, a it, it gave them a, a sort of a, a pause and said, well, wait a minute, who, what, what is this? What is this Islam thing? What is Muslim, who are Muslims? What, what is this all about? I think that's a very key point. Yeah, you're right. I think that that that's the kind of the irony of how horrific that moment was. And right. at the same time, it created a and at this intense encounter between the greater American society and uh, the Muslim faith. Right. Which that's had really at, to a point that had never happened before. That's exactly right. And 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 so, it you know, what you had happening um is a a a you know a, a taking a step back and, and and god bless america god bless america and americans that they didn't have this automatic reflective reaction reflexive reaction to just go and attack they said wait a minute what what, what is this faith what, what are these who are these people and when they when they scratched that surface when they had delved a little bit into understanding they realized oh now I see I see now who what they believe in, who the community is, and 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 that the, whoever did what they did on 9-11 is, is you know, while they may have used the mantle of faith, it's not part of their faith. They're they're they've got other evil uh, tendencies and leniencies. So um, so 20, you know, two years or whatever now on from that event the nation is in a different place. I think the nation is in a place where, as far as their understanding of Muslims, there's Muslims in Congress. Now there's Muslims in throughout, right. you know, throughout yes. different, you know, state and local governments uh, where, you know, we're not, you know, they're Muslims that are, you know, they may have a Muslim sounding name, but they're not associated. They, they may be just involved in your, you know, neighborhood PTA or whatever it is. Right. And so there, 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 there's a, there's a solid uh, understanding and integration, I should say. That's not to say that we don't, you know, suffer from time to time, especially when certain political figures, you know, say Islam is hates us or Muslims are this or whatever, you know, who take the national, anytime with somebody who takes the national microphone and says something, it, it, it you definitely feel the impact of it. Well, we, you know, we'll get a few more calls at the Islamic Center of people screaming at us, telling us we're a bunch of whatever. Um, but you know it, it, those times come and they go, um, and I, I would I would sort of round it out by saying that people who sort of think of now Muslims as being terrorists or Islam being a terrorist religion or whatever, I would say now and here we are in 2023, the issue no longer falls on us to explain ourselves and to try and educate. The issue now falls upon the person who feels that way and believes that way. The, the The matter falls upon them if they if they want to now here in 2023, with all the resources we have at our disposal, buy into this propaganda. Uh, it, it's not. It can't be on us to, to fix that all the time. They have to now. Uh, there's plenty of resources at their disposal to educate themselves. Whatever. Well, you're whichever. never going to you're never going to be able to fix it. Uh, you're never yeah. going. To fix it a hundred percent. And yep. it's interesting mentioning that because of course in, in 2000, uh, in, in 2011, we, the, the feeling of the connection to the internet was nowhere the same as it is now. But I think, you know, you're talking about a kind of interesting contradiction in that at one, on one hand, 
you're you're describing such a, an advance in really uh, uh, a way in which the Muslim community is much more, I would say, integrated into the greater society and, and where the greater society has been exposed more to understanding uh, what it means to be Muslim and, and a broader idea about Muslim faith at the same time that, you know, we're living in a very what I would call fractured society at the moment yeah. in 2023, in which, yeah. as you said, you could have a lineup, the groups that are being uh, targeted as part of hate, because, you mm -hmm. know, you mentioned the Jews uh, as part of anti-Semitism, act, right. uh, violent acts that have happened lately uh, yeah. in Los Angeles and other places, but also you have the attacks toward Asians, or, you know, yep. anyone Asian who was being blamed for uh, for the COVID right. pandemic, um, or or of course, you know, constantly the attacks toward people who are black. So, yep. you 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 know, in a way, we're in a society right now where we have so much divisiveness, even between being able to have a conversation between, let's say, uh, the left leaning and right leaning politics. People right. come to hate each other rather than talk to one another. So it's sort of um, an irony in a way that of partly of what you're talking about, that Muslims have actually taken a place in the society in a greater way, even though we're in a in a in atmosphere right now in which communities are so fractured. Yeah, I think that's a very astute observation, Karen, and and, and I agree. I mean, you know, and, and again, I think that's testimony to our country and, and what we've, you know, the experiment of the United States of America and the people, and we're such a diverse country and we've got our problems, no doubt. But I, th I think it's such a great thing because I think if this were to happen, were to have happened in another part of the world, it would have been, it would have been terrible massacre. And I don't think Muslims would have been able to, um, been able to, uh, you know, uh, explain who they are and what they are, etc. So, I think I think you're absolutely right in that. You know, look, we 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 still have a long ways to go, um, and and and, you know, part of what I think faith teaches us, the Islamic faith, and I I don't know exactly, but I would imagine the Jewish faith and the Christian faith as well. Another is that, you know, you're going to have this contention amongst people. Uh, who ha have this embedded feeling about, you know, superiority and how they feel morally or, or racially or whatever it is superior versus those who, who understand that we're all God's creation. And so no matter what faith you profess or what have you. So, um, uh, and, and that's some of the inherent conflict that we will have as a humanity, right? Until the day of judgment as, as Muslims believe. Um, so, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I choose to be on the side of trying to work, you know, to to help, you know, uh, 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 you know, overcome some of those things and to try and sort of message things in a way that elevates society and elevates people. Um, and, and, and so I think, you know, again, after after 22 plus years now, after 9-11, or uh, 21 years, keep on getting my math wrong. Um, the the idea is that, you know, we're, we're in a better place. We still have to be vigilant, but as far as Muslims, Muslim communities in the United States, I, I, I just, you know, I'm very grateful that I think we are just, you know, well integrated into all aspects. And I think under people understand what our faith is a little bit better.
I'm I'm so glad that you um, are reminding us, uh, at least you know, especially from the Muslim perspective and the Muslim community, uh, about the reaction in, in at the time of 9/11 attack, and uh, especially you know, I think it was very moving what you were saying about the ways in which you know communities, individual cities, uh, came together to support Muslim community, to support Muslims to try to protect, in a sense, Muslims mm-hmm. from uh, having their worst fears come true. And I think also, uh, you know, reminding us about George W. Bush, that might have been one of his greatest moments as a president, that he, yeah. that he and in, su- in such a, a moral and spiritual way, that he stood up, you know, for fellow, yeah. as you say, for fellow American citizens. And also, you know, I think um, the whole question about women covering their heads, you know, mm-hmm. many times I think um, in the general American population, it's kind mm-hmm. of a puzzle. They're, they're, they're not quite sure what, what does that all mean? Yep. And I think when you mention how profound it would, it was for women to take their, their coverings off their head, mm-hmm. I think that really says a lot about uh, the the essence of the Muslim faith saying that you know your life the protecting of life is more important than any particular ritual 100 percent and it's very well we're, we're, again another astute observation on your part Karen that that the preservation of life is number one and um the the you know for for women who who in the United States, just to be clear, because I know there's a lot of perception out there that women are forced to wear this uh, hijab or, or covering as people, which is not the case in the United States. I, I, th- I think we have to admit that it's part of other cultures. Like you see the oppression of women now in, in Afghanistan and in Iran. Um, but, you know, for, for a Muslim woman in the United States uh, who chooses to put on the hijab, for her to then take it off is, I mean, you know, it's a huge, huge deal. And and for them to have taken that step shows the depth of the fear that they had at that time. At the that depth. moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. At that moment. Well, you know, I think when you're mentioning that, that's I think that's very important what you're just mentioning about Afghanistan, about Iran, because I think that sometimes people who are uh, inclined to be prejudiced and, uh, you know, are hateful, um, you know, kind of look at that as as an example mm-hmm. of feeling that there's uh, anyway whatever reasons that they may come up with, but perhaps yeah. you know it would be it would be listeners to kind of understand all the various ways that Islam is practiced because I, I there isn't one way as is right. really in any religious faith there isn't one way, but also to talk about a little bit about where Muslims are in the world, uh, because oftentimes people equate the Muslim faith only with Arabs. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, it, okay, so you've said a few things there. I'll try and sort of touch upon a few of them here. So as far as who Muslims are, you're right. A lot of people think of Arabs. Arabs make up only about 12 to 15, 15% of the Muslim world. The largest Muslim country in the world is, you would think it might be Saudi Arabia or something like that. No, it's Indonesia. Indonesia has the largest Muslim population in the world. 
And so this this notion that it's Arabs, which is a, a, a image, a caricature, or what have you, that's promoted by by you know Hollywood, by news media, etc., simply isn't true. There is there is a vast uh, array of Muslims spanning. Uh, you know, it it it's it, it, it's even it's even growing in the sense that before it was from the sort of the Southeast Asian part of Indonesia all the way across the South Asia, India, Pakistan, Iran, Afghan, and into, uh, you know, Arab lands, and then into Africa and West Africa. You know, there's a growing, but then there's people like me, my mom was from Pakistan, my dad's American, Italian, Irish type of thing, born here, and they met, my parents met in New York, and I've been, I was born and raised here, so, you know, we're, 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 our, 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 you know, we're just part of humanity, just like you have Jews and Christians and Buddhists and Hindus and Sikhs and what have you. Um, so the 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 Muslim community is not is not you know um, uh, homogenous uh, uh, ethnically, culturally, or politically, if you will. Right? There's there's a variety of of viewpoints. I think there's like I think one of my Jewish friends says, you know, if, if there's two Jews in a room, there's three three opinions. The same thing says can be said for Muslims in many ways, right? And they're very very um, uh, strongly opinionated views on faith and and on how it be. And so, you know, for us as Muslims, our holy book is the Quran, and and um, you know we believe in the Prophet Muhammad, and that he was the final prophet of God, and that uh, he completes the long chain of prophets that includes Jesus and Moses and Abraham and David and 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 all the the biblical prophets that you would that you would read. Um, the, the, the prophet that's, that is mentioned most often in the Quran, one might think it's Muhammad, it's not. The prophet that's referenced, whose name is mentioned most often in the Quran is Moses. So there, there's a great deal of, sto uh, great deal of uh, lessons in the Quran about Moses. So, um, uh, you know, the other part of our belief system is, are the sayings and the doings of the prophet Muhammad. Uh, there's some very well documented aspects of his life, not not all of it, but some of it, um, and that plays a big role in how we sort of practice our faith. Um, and uh, and so you know we're we're one of the three great monotheistic faiths in the in in the world, the Abrahamic faiths, um, and I think that's something for us if we're living here in the United States, that's something to be. Uh, to join ourselves by Muslims, Christians, and Jews, and something to celebrate, um, and something to protect, um, and, and obviously with respect to all the other faiths. So, um, um, sorry, I may have gone off a little bit off track here, but no, no, you know. that's that. That's these are important, very important things to mention because, uh, again, you know, oftentimes we eat. People tend to live in their own community amongst people who are the most similar to themselves and haven't really known may maybe have never known anyone who's Muslim mm -hmm. and wouldn't have any idea that there is this such a deep uh, historical and faith spiritual religious connection between uh, Muslims Christians and Jews yeah people that don't know that and they certainly would be surprised 
uh, in a country that has a huge Christian population. That yep. Jesus, but Jesus is mentioned in the Quran. Oh yeah, Jesus is is first of all Jesus for Muslims. Uh, we believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he will come back at, at end of times, whenever that is. And there's that's a whole separate subject, end of times. And I, I chuckle a little bit, but that's a different story. Um, so Jesus is the Messiah. He will return. Uh, we believe in Jesus's virgin birth. There's a whole chapter in the Quran called Mary, uh, telling us a story about the Virgin Mary. We believe in, you know, uh, her. Her, her virginity when when um, Jesus was born. Um, and we believe that he was a great messenger and prophet and reflected the spirit of God, but it was not God himself. That's the big difference with Christi with Christianity. Um, and with our, our Jewish uh, brethren, you know, uh, like I said, Moses is the most often mentioned prophet in the Quran. The big difference between the Quran and, uh, sorry, between Islam and, and Judaism is that there's the concept of a chosen people in Judaism, and that's not something that we share in Islam. Uh, so it's a very, there are very, you know, there, there are much, there, there are these differences, but there's far more in common uh, that we have uh, than not. And I think that, that if we could focus on that and build upon that, I think we, it would be less. We could have, we could have a Renaissance time. Yeah, exactly. We could, could have a Renaissance time in the United States would be like there. Well, there was a period in Spain that was like that. Yeah. Where, you know, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I, I just there's an Irish poet. You'll have to forgive me. I forget his name. His name for, uh, comes to mind. But he said something that has stuck with me for a long time. He said, seldom is there a difference in religion when there is friendship. So if if there could be friendship amongst different people of different faiths, all this business of who's right and who's wrong, who's going to go to heaven, who's going to hell, who's right, you know, that will all that will all melt away. I think that that's an important aspect of things. That's that's that is essential. Yeah. Well, and I think you know that brings us to really understanding the role and the function of the center because I think the center has been very important in especially in these last 21 years. Uh, and maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what goes on mm -hmm. in the center and, you know, what type of programming, at least currently you have, that I know has a lot to do with promoting many of the things <laughs> we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So the Islamic Center of Southern California is, has been around since the mid-1950s. Uh, I can never get it right if it's 53 or 54 that we were founded, but it was, it was, uh, or 52, 1952. So we've been around for, for, you know, at least 60 some odd years, 60, over 65 years. And we're, um, we, we've grown over that, over that time, of course. And where we are today is we, we do a few different things. I'm going to sort of try and summarize it here. Number one, is we have you know religious programming and services for our community. We're a mosque. We you know that we're an Islamic center, so we have that aspect of things. And the big, the big religious service that we have in our faith is Fridays at at, at the uh, midday, where like it's Sunday church or or Saturday uh, synagogue. Uh, for us, it's Friday um, at at a midday hour. Right now it's one o'clock. Usually, usually it's one o'clock. Some people make it twelve o'clock, but one o'clock, people come at the to the mosque, listen to a sermon for half an hour, 
pray for another 10 minutes after that, and then go about their day. That's the sort of major gathering. It's called the Jummah prayer. Beyond that, we have a Sunday school. We have a, 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 a fully accredited um, K through five school, uh, K through four, K through five. I can't remember it's school at the at the Islamic Center. Um, we have, you know, it's as I always like to say, from from cradle to grave type services. So we have, you know, for newborns, for marriages, for divorces, for burial. We have an on-site mortuary. Um, so we have a number of programs and services for the community, a youth group, a very active youth group. Um, so we have a number of programs and services. The, that's, so that's, that's, the key, that's the first key part. The second thing that we do is we are very active in interfaith dialogues and, and programs uh, throughout Southern California. Uh, we, 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 that was one of the hallmarks of the center from the 1970s when um, the the leaders back then engaged um, the Jewish and, and Christian communities and, and really, I think, started one of the earth, first interfaith dialogues in the nation. Um, and so that that's another hallmark that we have. Uh, the next thing that we have is um, engagement in civic, civic society, uh, that we are, we're active on social issues. Uh, civic issues. So we run a food pantry out of the Islamic Center every Saturday morning uh, where, you know, we serve about now, I think about 200, 250 some odd people, uh, mostly elderly Asian uh, members that live now in what has now become sort of a Koreatown um, area part of LA, uh, where we serve, you know, uh, we work with the um, the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank, uh, where they deliver food on a Friday night and we deliver it up on Saturday morning. Um, so we've got civic engagement. So we, and we also meet with political leaders and civic leaders as well. Um, and then the final thing I'll mention, uh, which won't necessarily cover at all, is we engage with the media, like what you're doing here with, with your podcast. We talk with, with folks who will listen and want to talk with us and understand. Um, so... <clears throat> You know, we're, we're, you know, when something comes up and it was, again, around 9-11, we, we were really engaged with the media. Um, I think, in, and certainly in recent years with uh, the advent of uh, Donald Trump and what have you, that's, that's also created a, some media engagement as well. So, um, you know, it's uh, those are some of the key things that we do. We do more than that. But in summary. Uh, well, know. it's a major, it's, I, I must say, um, I've been there, I, I've been to interfaith meetings mm -hmm. at the center, um, and uh, it's a very welcoming place. I remember also, um, I've been to meetings, community meetings that you're mentioning, civic, civic uh, political meetings at the center. Yep. I've also uh, visited the bookstore, you, yep. you have a beautiful bookstore there. Yeah, uh, and uh, it really is a combination, I, I would say, of of a center for the for all of the community and uh, and functions in the same way that churches and synagogues and uh, Buddhist temples do as a place for people to come and worship and receive spiritual sustenance. So I think that um, you know it's it's interesting that in a sense again getting back to you know you're you're describing describing how horrific and tragic uh 9-11 was 
at the same time, it seemed, do you think in some way it pushed the Muslim leaders and spokespeople as yourself to do even greater outreach to the community to become more involved in interfaith activities? Yeah, you know, I, I would say yes, yeah, answer to that question, yes. But I'd also say it was something we were already doing and then we got overwhelmed with requests. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we, 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 have always, we, have, we had always been outstretching our arms and trying to engage and talk, certainly with like political and civic leaders. And, you know, it was, you know, not that there was any rejection per se, but it was like, uh, yeah, okay, you know, got it. You know, but now after 9-11, it was like, okay, let's understand what's going on. Who are these folks? And so now they really engaged us. And yes, we had to, yeah, we had to certainly make sure that we were doing more as well. So, um, so yeah, 9-11, you know, I, I hate to think of it this way, but out of that tragedy came for more understanding. And, and, and mm -hmm. you know, God works in mysterious ways, and I would never want 9-11 to happen ever again. It's not worth it, but in, in, in mysterious ways he works. And so out of that came greater inquiry uh, uh you know greater questioning and you know um it was it was uh it was you know a, a, i don't want to call it a blessing in disguise that's really not the way to think about it but you know no. people people came, came to us um just you know out of the blue wanting to understand and fortunately we were we had already we already had that disposition to, to say, okay, here's who we are, you know, throw the doors open to the mosque and, you know, we're not, we're not here to hide anything. So if you want to understand, we'll help with help, happy to help. And don't Which take our word for it. Itself, yes. That's, that's a very, that was a very big thing for people to understand that, yeah. that your, your Islamic center of Southern California was open to whoever yeah. wanted to come there. Um, you know, I, I know we don't have too much time left, but I just want to make sure and, mention about the, this sort of idea of inclusion that we've been talking about and the ways in which the Muslim are included. And I think, you know, in our culture, it seems that there's so much evidence of that in things like um, the fact that there are two women, Muslim women now in the Congress who are Congresswomen in the House of Representatives. Yeah. And especially, you know, who's who is a very uh, outspoken woman is Ilhan Omar. Omar I hope I'm pronouncing yeah. correctly. And yeah. because she also where you know she covers her head, and that really is a representative for everyone looking at her to be reminded of the fact that you know she is a Muslim woman woman yeah. speaking uh, in the, one of the most powerful positions in our society. Mm -hmm. And um, and then also I, I there is. There are a couple television programs, that is television series, in which there are actresses in key roles in the story who also are covering their heads. And as yeah. part of, uh, I'm thinking of, I think there's one that's one of the NCIS series. On yeah. um, and I think these kind of visual um, ways in which the presentation to the greater society in cultural uh, institutions is really making people feel this inclusion uh, of the Muslim community. 
hundred percent. It demystifies who we are. It humanizes uh, us. You know, it, it, we go from being the other, uh, you know, sort of this mysterious, mysterious group, and what do they believe, and and all the propaganda that we have to fight on. Fight on. I mean, Hollywood has a role to play in helping you know make things better. So right, right, so, better or worse. <laughs> or, or worse, right? But hopefully, hopefully, better. hopefully better. Yes. Right. So, yes. uh, and they're on their way. They're on their way. I mean, there's some right. challenges here and there, yeah. but I think they're they're on their way. Do you? So, does all this that that to come to a conclusion in a positive note? Um, mm -hmm. Does this make you feel? All of this make you feel optimistic for the future, for the Muslim community. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I'm optimistic for our community. Uh, uh, I think we have a, a special responsibility that we we got. You know, that God put us in this place, if you will, in this point in time in history or whatever. So we've got a special responsibility to, 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 ha to have, you know, to fulfill our whatever role that we're in. And then to be honest with you, it, it to, to the story of what has happened with Muslims in the past 20 years is a credit to our country. It's a credit, despite all of our issues and problems, it's a credit to our nation, the way our nation responded. And so it makes me, and, and, and we still got a long way to go. I get it. But it, it, it's a restorative, not restorative. It builds upon, I think, the 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 experiment that we are as a country, and, and gives me hope for our country as well. Well, thank you so much, uh, Omar, for being with us today and for really speaking to to uh, such an important points that you've made for everyone, and and to really um, give us an opportunity to understand. And, and to become more knowledgeable ourselves of being Muslim and the Muslim community. So it's been a great honor. And I, I thank you again for taking the time to be here. My honor to be here. And thank you for inviting me, Karen. Thank you. Bye-bye, Omar. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Commentaries from the Edge. Please subscribe and you will be notified of all future episodes. Thank you.